1: This is fantasy football today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. It's just gonna go the distance. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath
0: everybody you know those guys that you really regret having on your team you just wish they were never around just saying their name brings back bad memories makes you feel sick to your stomach if it were up to you you would never have to deal with these guys again dan schneier's back what's going on dan how we doing what's up adam if there's one
2: request i can ask of you because oh wow i didn't, you know you I didn't went right over my head <laughs> went right over my head <laughs> you know what adam you can make it up for me up to me you know how you do that oh you talk to Scott Fish when he's on next week, and you make sure that I'm in your division for the Scott Fish Bowl. He takes requests. Make sure I'm in your division. I need to prove once and for all that I can dismantle you in a fantasy football league. Hold on, I, has there ever been two CBS yeah, guys in I the same? Know. I don't, but he'll do it. But I don't think we've had it, which is why I, I
1: don't I think it. we've had it either. We might have to make Dan incognito. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, right. Be part of uh, uh, timesquarevideo.com or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> We've
0: been in many fantasy leagues together. I think what you're saying is you've never done better than me at a fantasy no, league. No, that's not true at all. Oh, at least three last year, but uh, don't worry. Maybe this will be your year. So this is mm-hmm. a busts episode. We're talking about uh, some big names, actually, on the bust list. Tyreek Hill, Cam Akers, a couple of 49ers, Joe Burrow, and uh, we'll see uh, what these guys have to say. And looking forward to it. And a lot of it's based on ADP. It's not based on these guys stink. It's based on they're being drafted too high. We're, we've been looking at average draft position on the NFC website since May first, which as of yesterday was 75 drafts. Uh, so we have a pretty decent sample size there, and it's all post NFL draft. So uh, time to react to a lot of the news that we've seen. Anyway, let's get uh, your your biggest bust. If you're if you're giving me a headliner, Dave, who's the headliner on your bust list?
1: Ah, uh, the headliner on my bus list, I would go with Deontay Johnson. I would say that he's probably the biggest name that's on my list. You, you might disagree. You might say that's Javante Williams, but I can't make as good of a case for Javante as I could for Deontay Johnson. He's the biggest name on the bus list.
0: Okay, and we're looking at him as about a round three pick, Deontay Johnson.
1: Way too soon.
0: Yeah, and Javante is still like borderline round Top one pick, team. right? yeah. yeah which is the basis there. We'll get into that. But yeah, uh, both
1: those guys. Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Well, give me your, give me like 30 seconds on Deontay Johnson, who's going thirty sixth overall end of round three. He's going just after Jalen Waddle, who I think is on, he's on Dan's bus list, right? Waddle.
1: No, Waddle, Waddle's not on my bus list. Tyreek Hill. Is on my Ty, he's got Tyreek Hill oh. on the bus list. He, I, I think we're going to hear a case for Waddle over Tyreek Hill this year in fantasy. I'm looking forward to that.
0: I think he uh, had, had Waddle on his bus list yesterday when we did FFT 15 and five. Anyway, he's interesting. going. Interesting.
1: Okay, so we're everybody's well, fading some part of the Dolphins. This I mean, year. because they're going so early, like Jalen Waddle, 35th yes, overall. I get it. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Anyway, uh, sorry, Johnson, Dave. Yeah, I think. His success was a byproduct of Ben Roethlisberger doing what he wanted to do on offense. And I really believe that the Steelers just said, all right, Roethlisberger, in Ben we trust, you run the offense. I think their offense looks a lot different this year. And I think they try and spread the ball around a little bit more. And I think George Pickens is going to end up mattering. I don't know if he's going to be so great for fantasy that we're going to start George Pickens on a week-to-week basis, but he might take just enough work away from Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson, he's only made it in fantasy because of the high target volume that he has. He actually does not rate well in things like yards after catch per reception, explosive play rate, yards per route run compared to the elite wide receivers, the receivers that are that settle in in fantasy points where Deontay Johnson settles in in fantasy points. I, I think that target share goes down. I don't think he's nowhere near as good statistically, especially in, in non-PPR, but also in full PPR, as what we've seen in the past.
0: I guess my question is, you you know, the, the players that settle in with, with Deontay Johnson in terms of the fantasy points they score, they're better in the advanced metrics than Deontay Johnson. He just has a target volume. But is he being drafted amongst those players, or is he already discounted?
1: Oh, I think he's discounted a little bit compared to those guys, but I still think it's too soon. But not enough. Okay. Not enough.
0: Uh, so, Schneier, give me your biggest bust, your headliner.
2: So my headliner is not my biggest bust and I'm most confident in, but it's going to be the headliner. And the headliner here is Tariq Hill for me. And my, my case with Tariq Hill is this. Let's start at the top here. He's going from a quarterback who threw double the passes that were 15 plus yards in air yards last year in Patrick Mahomes to one who threw half, less than half into a vote. actually to a the second fewest uh, deep passes in the NFL on a percentage basis. So we start there, but we continue forward with things that bother me about this fit with Tyreek Hill in Miami. And we start with the idea that they, they had last year a very unique offense. It was basically a full RPO offense. It was something that was similar in a lot of ways to me, to the Wildcat, as in if they tried to do it again this year, it was not going to work. But it worked last year, and it was a lot of just quick slant RPO, read that overhang defender. If he commits to the run, you throw the slant. What that told me was... Nothing really progressed with Tua as a passer, and they had to use a unique offense. Now they're going to try a different kind of offense, and it's similar to what we saw with Jimmy G in San Francisco with Shanahan. It's drop back, hit the back, fit off play action, and throw the football. None of that fits what Tyreek Hill does best, and. All of this doesn't even factor in that they're going to be a lot more run heavy this year. We saw it last year with another disciple who went over to the Jets, and the Jets are one of the most run uh, run heavy teams in neutral situations. This is going to be an offense that wants to run the football. All of these Shanahan based systems are run based, in my opinion. I know it doesn't seem like that with the weapons, but I think we're going to see a more run heavy system than people believe. And I think the volume's going way down for Hill. The deep pass volume's going way down for Hill. I just don't like the fit at all for Hill with Tua and in the system.
0: Okay, just a quick counter here. If mm-hmm. you just look at intended air yards per pass attempt, how far down the field they were throwing on average, Patrick Mahomes was 25th at 7.3, and Tua Bailoa was 30th at 7.0. So they had very similar you know, intended air yards per pass attempt. Now, if you break it down, whatever deep ball... Is okay, that'd be one thing. Maybe Mahomes threw more deep balls than or a lot more than uh Tua on a percentage basis, but just air yards per pass attempt very similar 7.3 for Mahomes, 7.0 uh for Tua, and that's unusual for Mahomes, obviously. And Tyreek Hill had an unusual season, but he did have a career high in targets, catches, he basically became a more short area target with 111 catches, you know, lower yards per track. Basically, he he morphed in, in that Kansas City offense, which looked very different than the Kansas City offense we're used to seeing. Can that carry over to the Dolphins?
2: I don't think think it carries over for a multitude of reasons, but mostly because Tua is going to be asked to operate in a true dropback offense as a true dropback passer now. And that's not something he's proven he can do at the NFL level. The only success he had, like I said, last year was when they went to that really gimmicky offense that RPO heavy offense. And, I've seen two. I I just don't have enough faith in Tua to operate the type of offense that you need. Even if the volume is there or similar in the short area stuff, I don't I don't trust him in the deep passing game. And I think you take away a big element of Tyreek Hill. Especially when the ADP is this high. I mean, he's still being drafted right now, 22 point, uh, 22.45 or around 20, uh, pick 23 overall. You're taking him over players like Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, who I think has a much better chance of uh, putting up consistent numbers, in my opinion. AJ Brown, who I think is a similar level talent, maybe even better because he's better against press and fits a quarterback who, again, I have more faith in. I think this – again, I think this offense is going to be a lot more run heavy than people realize or think right now because I know everyone feels like they're going full pass heavy, but I just don't know if I see it with McDaniel.
1: Okay. So uh, one of the things that I looked up while you were talking was how many targets and catches, et cetera, did Tyreek Hill have on passes of 15 or fewer air yards. So shorter throws, right. intermediate throws. The stuff that I think we're going to hear or and see Tyreek Hill do, and the reason why I said here is because I've heard – that minicamp did not go so great for Tua Tonga and that he was throwing a bunch of lollipops. And I, he, I don't know. I know he rated very well in terms of adjusted completion rate on deep balls, and he just didn't throw a lot of deep balls last year. And they're hoping that the offensive line is going to be fixed with Armstead there, but I, I don't. I don't see the deep ball being a huge component of what the the Dolphins do. They'll take their shots when they can but I think they're going to be much more interested in designing um, passing plays of short and intermediate throws. Tyreek had a ton of catches on intermediate stuff, just like you guys talked about. 97 catches, but only for 787 yards. That's really bad. That's, an, that's a receiving average that um, 8.1, that rated 159th among wide receivers. With uh, That's all wide receivers, apparently. Uh, Seven touchdowns on those throws. Uh, The number that really got me, where is it? Yards after catch per reception, 3.74. Explosive play rate, 4.8%. Now, maybe it was just a bad year for Tyreek Hill, but for a guy who's supposed to be impossible to catch, he should be able to get open on, you know, simple post route, get into space and go. And he didn't do that last year in Kansas City. Now he's expected to do that this year in Miami makes me a little nervous to trust him, especially at what that ADP says. So when would you trust him,
0: Tyreek Hill? Because all this said, all this negativity, he was, on a per-game basis, the ninth-best wide receiver in non-PPR and the sixth-best wide receiver in full PPR. Uh, So when would you trust
1: Tyreek Hill? I think he's close to Mike Evans. Um, In terms of a guy who's going to get plenty of targets and a lot of catches, I think Evans will have more touchdowns. But I, I guess I'm drafting them around the same space, which would mean that they're closer to like end of round two, beginning of round three.
0: This is what, exactly where he's going. He's going 23rd. Sure. So you don't. Okay. So you're not sharing
1: in the bus. I, 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 I don't know where Dan's drafting him. Yeah. Where he is. I do know that people are taking him inside of the top 20. And I think that that's a little too soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Dan, what about you? When would you? Because, look, if, he, if I get him in the third round, which I don't think is going to happen, but I'd love that. But what about you, Dan?
2: I need him to fall all the way into the Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman range for me to buy in. Even then, I'm a little skeptical. Again, I I worry about things like you're going from a quarterback who you had a great rapport with, you developed a rapport with over time, to quarterback you have no rapport with, who, like Dave said, doesn't look great so far in minicamp, has never looked great at the NFL level, in my mind, doesn't really have NFL-level arm talent. I just don't trust it.
0: Okay. All right, so Deontay Johnson for Dave, Tyreek Hill for... Uh, Dan, those are our headliner busts. Fantasy Football Today is here to help you dominate your fantasy league all season long, and now you can represent your favorite podcast with some merchandise in the CBS Sports store. We've got T-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and more, so you can wear it in front of your buddies and remind them how you beat them in fantasy. It's cool stuff. You can also get 20% off your order when you use this exclusive code for our listeners. It's FANTASYFOOTBALL20. Use that code during checkout, FantasyFootball20. That's only for our listeners, and you can head over to the CBS Sports Store. If you're wondering how do I get there, I'm putting a link in the episode description, uh, or you can just Google like CBS Sports Store Fantasy Football today, and it'll take you there. But I'll put a link in the episode description and use the promo code FantasyFootball20 for 20% off. Okay, now you're going to call out a bust on uh, on each other's lists. So, Dan, take a look at Dave's bust list that he provided us. Joe Burrow, who's going as QB4 in ADP. Javante Williams, ADP is 14th. Cam Akers, 29th. Deontay Johnson, Amonra St. Brown, 59th. Brandon Ayuk, 97th. And George Kittle, 51st overall. That's the bust list from Dave. Burrow, Javante, Akers, Deontay Johnson, Amonra St. Brown, Ayuk, and Kittle. You want to call one of those out? Would you like to ask for further explanation or just straight-up disagree? Go for it.
2: So unfortunately, we can't do that for the first four. I'm in lockstep with Dave on those, but I can call him out on one of these. I'm going to call him out on, on Amara St. Brown because, well, I don't see a massive ceiling for him at 59 overall, basically 59 overall by ADP in that Cooper Cup light role with Jared Goff with the second year rapport going for them. I know they added Jamison Williams, but I do think the that he will be more of the security blanket, more of that slot option that Goff has to go to. So I, I like him at that spot. So that's the one I would call out. Oh man,
1: I would, <laughs> I am happy to let you have him at that spot because there is n- I, 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 you'll agree with me that there's no way he's going to have a 33% target share. No shot.
2: Yeah. What we year. saw in those final four games. I agree. No shot.
1: Do you think he even has a 20% target share in this offense? So that's where I,
2: I It. I think he can, I really think it will operate through him. I don't think they're going to have the ability to get the ball to Jameson as much as they want to in year one.
1: I want to run down some of the. Yeah stats that he had. These are metrics that he had during his breakout six game stretch at the end of last season. Keep in mind, there's no DeAndre Swift. There's no TJ Hawkinson. Right. There's no DJ Chark. Not that that's a huge deal. It's DJ Chark, whatever. And there's no uh, Jameson Williams. And and there probably won't be a Jameson Williams to start the year. Either. Now,
0: and now, to be fair, there was TJ Hawkinson for one game. This is the first, the final six games of the year when Amonra St. Brown was on pace for 144 catches, <laughs> 1,587 yards, 14 touchdowns on 190 targets. Hawkinson played the first game, and St. Brown and was great. And then he was
1: out for the next five.
0: Swift played, I think, the last two, but, but he was super wasn't limited. really himself. Yeah. Okay, go these
1: ahead. These are the metrics for Amon St. Brown. Remember, he did good in these games for fantasy. 10.98 yards per catch, 7.08 dot, two targets inside the 10. Uh, that's it. That's what I got. So not necessarily someone who was blowing up the charts in terms of efficiency. He was a volume play. It's almost the same argument that I made for Deontay Johnson, except in this case, I just don't think that that same type of opportunity will be there for him. I think he's a good receiver. I think he's good as a slot receiver. To even mention him in the same sentence as Cooper Cup is crazy to me. Yeah, that was, fu- and, that was and, fun. No, and, no, that no, was no. no. Me Let me clarify. No, you, you said it. I know, I know, I know. You, you said, said it he was like a, a, a lower version of light, Cooper Cup. Super
2: light. Cup. The poorest man's version.
1: Okay, so like he's a feather on the big bird of Cooper Cup. Still, <laughs> round five, too soon to take somebody like this. Way too soon. To take him, I, agree. I, I i don't know if he has even like two games like what we saw toward the end of last season.
2: Hmm. Dave won me on that argument. He won uh, me over on that. Wait, wait. Well, hold on. He did. I, he did. And I'm not going to. I can't take any of these other ones. We have to. With.
0: Well, we have to look at the other guys going.
2: Hold after on.
1: Him. Let's see if you agree with this. Well, yeah, Dan, let's see
2: the guys going in the range.
1: Dan, go ahead. I'm taking him maybe a little bit before 100th overall. Oh wow. Could you so get would... on board with that with
2: Amon Ross St. Brown? So now we're t- talking about players. This is round position. nine. Right. Yeah. We're talking about Brandon Ayuk of the the Brandon Ayukes of the world. Oh no, Ayuk is another. I'll, I'll take know, Brown ahead of Ayuk. <laughs> we're talking about the Robert Woods of the world. Would you take Robert Woods over over? No. Okay. It's the rookie Christian rookie receivers
1: Kirk, are going in this region. London,
0: too. Christian Kirk, yeah.
2: those Terry Von Brown. I will
1: take them ahead of a um AR Brown. I don't know why I'm putting an M in there.
0: Uh, Yeah,
1: that's late. I mean,
0: that's so much later. I can't believe he's wide receiver 23 in in the ADP we're looking at. He's going ahead of Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Gabriel Davis. (laughs) Uh, Even though I like him, I'm not going to make that case for Armando St. Brown. But I do think that when you start talking about his advanced metrics and stuff, I think it's a little unfair. He's a rookie who wasn't even playing with Jared Goff for some of that stretch, right? They, They were on backup quarterbacks. He was in and out of
1: the lineup. And he was in a the rookie first of the year.
0: who had a really good year. And I don't want to judge him too harshly on advanced metrics. You know, I mean, he just, oh. he really, but I, 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 I first of all, he's also, he's also going to be a guy who varies very differently depending on format. Um, so top 60 and right. non or half PPR, no chance, but I think, I think I'd take him 80th in full PPR. Amon St.
1: Brown. Where do you have him compared that's to over, that's over. Hopkins? I'd take Hopkins, the, no, probably. Knowing that Hopkins is yeah. gonna miss six games. But would you
2: the more I look at this, would you even take him at 80? Because that's over guys like Adam Thielen, Rashad Bateman, and Devontae Smith.
0: Well, it doesn't mean that I that I think those guys have appropriate ADPs. You know, maybe okay. they're just going too right. too late, also. Um, but I I, yeah. I think wait, who did you say? Thielen, Bateman. No, I'd take all those guys over him. I know, and so would I. As the more I think about it, so I can't <laughs> even
2: I can't even continue but Right after that would
0: be 84. I, so Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, Tyler Lockett, Drake London. Yeah, Would you take right. them ahead of Amon or St. Brown?
2: I'm taking St. Brown
0: ahead of those guys. Not me.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Dave, you want to call out a Schneier sleeper? So we're looking at, he gave about 30 people on his, or uh, busts, I said sleepers, breakouts, and I meant busts. So um, Dan's busts are Tyreek Hill, Antonio Gibson going 41st, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, they're all going in round four, basically. Gibson, Jacobs, mm-hmm. ETN, Devin Singletary at 82. Pat Friermuth was one of your breakouts. He's on the bus list for Dan. Oh. And Dak Prescott going 68th.
1: I want to hear about a lot of these guys, Dan. <laughs> and and the, we will get to ETN in due time because maybe, maybe I need somebody to talk me down off of Travis Etienne because I have him ranked right around where his ADP is. But I need to hear the case why Devin Singletary is a bad picket at eighty uh, second overall. I'm so happy
2: you gave me this opportunity because this is going to be my spiciest take of the podcast. I'm not so sure. I'm not sold. I would even draft Devin Singletary. How about that? Let me
0: give my case for why I think, you think you're going you think you're gonna beat me in the Scott Fishbowl? You're not even gonna draft Devin Singletary. Not even let, me draft get my, him.
2: let me give my case for why Devin Singletary is borderline draftable. What is so different about Devin Singletary right now than Zach Moss last year when we were drafting Zach Moss even a few rounds later than this? We've seen already in the past, the bills are very not so sticky when it comes to who's going to be the lead running back, right? Last year was supposed to be Zach Moss. Everyone's jacking Zach Moss. Singletary was an afterthought undrafted in most leagues. Then what do we know? They flip back to Singletary. Now, we add to that situation. We already know that. We also know the Bills are not a team that wants to run the football almost ever. That's an offense that throws the ball at an incredible rate. And they don't. And there's been very little success at the running back position in Buffalo during the Josh Allen era, especially since he's broken out. Then you add all that into their pursuit, their heavy pursuit for JD McKissick this offseason. It failed. He signed. He went back to Washington, whatever. What do they do? They draft James Cook. And if you watch James Cook, and I want you to watch him, Adam, because I know you're going to see it within a second. i I'm He's not sure already if watching him. Yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've seen him. Sure. I've you seen watch him. him, James Cook. You watch him, and within five minutes of watching James Cook, you're like, Oh, is this Dalvin? Cause it, it, it's not just his brother. He has the Ooh. exact same run style as Dalvin. And I don't think he's as big as he's, smaller. I mean, he's, yeah. he's as much smaller back. I don't, I'm not comparing the two from an overall standpoint, but they have the exact same similar run style with their ability to see the field, to cut back the insane level of processing. And he wasn't utilized very much as a runner, but he is a next level receiver. And this was a similar thing to what we saw from Alvin Kamara when he came out of Tennessee, not very, not used a lot, not a heavy workload ends up being a star because of his receiving skills and a little bit of surprising between the tackle stuff that he wasn't given credit for. I think it's a very similar case. So now you have another talented back that I actually think is by far and away, the most talented back they have in that backfield in an offense that isn't very friendly to running backs and hasn't been in the Josh Allen era on a team that could easily switch back to Zach Moss at any time, especially in the red zone. I just don't understand what to like. Singledary to me is just, not someone I have any interest in drafting. I know he had the stretch run last year, but that was before James Cook was there, and that was also in a situation where you know that, you know that the team has, again, leaned on the pass a lot through the Josh Allen years.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, That's, any any uh, response? That is definitely spicy, <laughs> and I will admit that there is a part of me that I, I definitely think that there is some skyrocket upside with James Cook like Alvin Kamara-type upside with him. I don't think it's guaranteed to happen, but it could. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's in the right kind of offense for it to happen. And there's no doubt that the Buffalo Bills are a pass-friendly offense. I I like the way that Singletary's season ended last year. He had at least 15 touches in five of his last six games. That includes the playoffs. I believe he scored in every single one of those games as well. Could it be that part of the reason why the Buffalo Bills weren't a a run-heavy team was because they didn't have anybody that they could hand off to with a semblance of confidence? And toward the end of last year, they realized that Singletary was that guy, and he did okay with it when he ran the football. It's not like his metrics were off the charts good, but he had a bunch of games where he was averaging over four yards per carry, and he was a factor in the pass game as well. I think the season begins with Singletary as the main back, and maybe Singletary and Cook split that passing downs work because I think when Cook is on the field, that will be a tell for defenses to know, all right, watch this guy, and you can probably bank on a running play. If a running play happens at all, it'll probably be with Josh Allen more than it would be with James Cook. I think they ease Cook in a little bit, and they try and make sure that he, they see what they have in him. Is he just a passing downs guy, or could he develop into more than that? So I view Singletary as a running back that you can definitely start in fantasy at the beginning of the year. And if James Cook is just a passing downs guy, maybe you can start Singletary all year long. I like the ADP of round seven. I think he's probably even worth it in round six.
0: Okay. He is uh, coming off a finish last five games of the year. He was the number three running back in fantasy. And even, I think even the advanced metrics, are, if you just look at Devin Singletary on paper and you never watched a game, you'd think he's a pretty good running back. His yards per carry is good. His advanced metrics are pretty good. His PFF, you know, PFF has this elusiveness rating. He's the he's king of that. Always but was that, not know,
2: the, but was that not the case going into last year with Zach Moss? Because I remember hearing a very oh, well, similar well, argument no, no, Moss for only Zach had, Moss last year.
0: Moss only had one year under his belt at that point. Devin Singletary
1: has three. And Moss was so beat up coming out of Utah And he started to get beat up coming into the, I mean, I I think we talked about this, Dan, like it's not something that surprised us at all that Zach Moss fell out of favor there. And now I don't, I don't know how soon they're going to let him back on the field. I don't even know if he makes the roster.
0: I want to add that I personally don't think Devin Singletary is one of the best running backs in football. I'm just saying on paper, if you didn't, (laughs) if you never watched football and you just looked at some metrics, you, you might think that he's one of them. I don't know. Maybe he is, but I, I never really. I don't think anybody could really see that. He's a good yards
1: creator, and and in a different offense, and and maybe with a bulkier offensive line, you might look at him differently, Adam.
2: Yeah, man. I would like. I would like Singletary if he's in a different. This is not a take on his skill and his talent level. I think he's actually a really good between the tackles runner, and he creates in space, and he creates after oh, contact. Does well. he ever? Yeah. It's an offensive issue for me. I don't see the path toward him paying back this ADP on it's an such a nothing that- ADP. What do you mean? It's a nothing it's ADP. It's a nothing ADP. Over, what? Eighty-three ADP. overall. That's a mid-round hey, ADP. That's the end I mean, of round seven. He's going over potential breakouts like Devontae Smith. Yeah, you, know, you always standard.
0: say this. You always say this that this running back is going over this potential breakout right. at wide receiver. Dan, I can't take a wide receiver in every round. I you can't do that. At some point, I got to get a running back. Adam. and if, if I can you get the win, if I can get a, the <laughs> the primary running back, you know, running downs guy for the. Possibly best offense in football. And if they are going to have running back rushing touchdowns, he's going to have the bulk of them at the end of the seventh round. I am fine with that. That is not a big investment at all. I mean, if we were talking about a crappy offense, then I think maybe there's a
2: lot of ifs there, because while the offense is good, it has never proven to be good for running backs. And it's not a run heavy offense at all, especially in the red zone. And then you also factor in Josh Allen's red zone rushing ability. So really, what what do we have here? A guy who can maybe rack up 75 yards a game if they're playing with a big lead and they're running the football. It seems a lot that. like the, the Clyde Edwards ca- uh, Lair case. That I, and I used to be a Clyde Edwards fan.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But good, but he's got,
1: not good for running backs. Here are his last five games of the regular season.
0: Number fantasy. three running back in fantasy. In this I know 14, he had the stretch 16, run. <laughs>
1: 17, 23, 24. I can do the math for you on what he did in the playoffs if you want. And I'll
0: also tell you that that yeah he had three touch three rushing touchdowns in two playoff games. I'll also tell you that you know once upon a time Frank Gore led the team in in carries inside the five-yard line. He just stunk with them.
1: He was terrible. There
0: have been opportunities for running backs to be good in this offense, but none of them have ever capitalized on it. Singletary finally did. We're not drafting him like that. That's why he's going 80th
2: but that was also before the offense evolved. Right now what are we seeing from no, this offense? What are, uh, what are the yeah, yeah. what what does the James Cook addition mean to you? To me it means they're moving even further in the pass direction. They're looking for somebody who can be the outlet for Josh Allen when his
1: other weapons aren't open downfield and now that's hasn't. what it is. No, I don't I don't know. I don't if it's know. necessarily going in a different direction, yeah, but they right. wanted somebody to make plays. But does that say they're going to go fits. more run heavy as an offense? Does that tell you that? No, be- but, but they but weren't going 80th. much of the end of last year. And okay. Singletary still did fine with them. Yeah. And it helps that his rushing touchdowns. uh How many did he have last like, year? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. If you include the playoffs, all but three of them came from six yards or closer to the goal line. So they found somebody that can score in short yardage, something that Frank Gore couldn't do. And something that Zach Moss should be able to do. But hasn't for a myriad of reasons. Schneier, you're done, bro.
2: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That's what you
1: said about Hawkinson
2: last year. We'll see. <laughs> was Hawkinson really a bust? Does you hang your hat on that? I would say. Oh, he how was... about How about Dak Prescott when I told you he was going to stop running and he cut his carries in half, he cut his rushing yards in half, and ran for one touchdown?
0: Okay, do you mm-hmm. think he's going to? Uh, he was obviously coming off the injury. They said he's going to run more this year.
2: We'll see if that happens. They paid him a lot of money. I don't think they're going to be running with him in the red zone anymore.
1: Uh, okay. So, I think they could, but I don't know if it's going to matter for more than three touchdowns. Well, listen, guys,
0: uh, I'm I'm going to tell you out loud, since I can't message you privately, we're going to have to go a lot faster on the rest of the bus. <laughs> right. okay. these, are <laughs> good conver- these are good, fun conversations. I appreciate it. It's good stuff. But we got a lot more names to get to here. We've talked about Deontay Johnson and Amandra St. Brown on Dave's bus list. We've talked about Tyreek Hill and Devin Singletary. On Dan's bust list, we're going to take a break. We've got some news and notes to get to, and then we'll get back to the, the players who will not meet their ADPs. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com
1: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. News and notes.
0: Cliff Kingsbury is praying that a deal for Kyler Murray gets done before training (laughs) camp. So we'll keep an eye on that. We're going to have an FFT in 5 episode going over some of the big news. To kind of catch you up, because um, I'm gonna mostly skip it today. Pittsburgh signed safety Minka Fitzpatrick to a four year deal. He's the highest paid safety now, thirty six million guaranteed. Jets offensive tackle Mikai Becton is motivated. He was wearing a shirt. Did the shirt say bust on it? I think it did. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't hear this story. He wore a shirt yeah, to, a, to a press awesome. conference that said bust on it and said had like a bunch of words around it that like overweight.
2: He should have just stopped. put injury prone out across. It his might,
0: that may have been on there too. Uh, but Mikai Bechtin is a guy who was, I think, the 11th pick in the draft a few years ago. Hasn't, He's a man and a half. Yeah, hasn't really panned out.
2: If he stays out. healthy, he'll be unbelievable. Weight yes.
0: issues, but yeah, they need a big season from him. Yeah. Ron Rivera said the commanders are not trading Terry McLaurin. Also, Chase Young, their star defensive end, likely to start training camp on the pup list. He tore his ACL in Week 10. Saints defensive end Marcus Davenport, who's a great player, had a portion of his pinky amputated. So hopefully that does not affect him because they definitely need him. Indianapolis safety Kari Willis, a starting safety for the Colts. He is retiring. And that and they also traded Rakiasin to the Raiders in the offseason to bolster their pass rush. So yeah, secondary still, might be a little worse.
1: I think that, uh, no, they signed Stephon Gilmore yeah. and Rodney McLeod. They're, they're going to be okay. I, I think they knew this was coming.
0: Uh, Julian Edelman did not rule out returning and said if he did, he'd probably play for the Patriots which is great because they don't have a, res- a crowded receiving core or anything. <laughs> All He'll right, play. to the bus. we will play on the outside. So, Joe Bur- uh, there's only one quarterback on here. It's Joe Burrow. Dave, I- you like Burrow, but is it just yes.
1: QB4? It's just crazy? It's crazy. It's just so crazy to me when you consider the fact that before he had those two huge games at the end of the season, those were 40-point games, he was averaging 20.1 fantasy points per game. He's a great quarterback, and I, I'm sure that he's going to have a higher average than that in his non-amazing games, and he will have some amazing games. But taking him ahead of some of the quarterbacks that he's being taken ahead of, it's just it's fueled by the Super Bowl run hype that yeah. has carried him here. And he's awesome. He's swagalicious. He's very cool, great quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, but not worth taking as an early round five pick. You think he's cooler than, than me? Yes.
2: Very few people are cooler than you.
1: Adam. I agree, I would agree with
0: that, but Burrow's on the list? Okay.
1: Apparently. Right. Burrow might be the coolest dude walking the planet.
2: I hmm. actually agree with that. Oh, it's
1: a great take. Really? Yes. Who would be yes. my pick for that? coolest dude? Because a lot of people try to like have that swagger, and he just seems to like take it to another level, and it almost feels like he's doing it without thinking about it. You it's know a natural, I think is, its a natural drip for me, who is clearly yeah, was like gonna say. The, the expert on swag. In a, in the well, America. the three of us, I'd say. All are, of us, are, All yeah. This is big is, swag guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As, as the kids, ten years younger than us or twenty, maybe in some cases, would say, "Yes, natural drip."
1: I mean, I was—I I was asked <laughs> to start doing TikTok.
2: So, yes.
1: I mean that. I did a TikTok too to for reflect. us. Last year.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't even have TikTok on my phone. I don't even have Instagram.
1: Uh, oh my you know who God. I think is, Boy, is, even I've got Instagram. You know I think oh, is really cool? If you don't
2: cool? have Instagram, how are you going to follow that band you loved in college that no one's ever heard of? Phantom
0: Planet, you heard yeah, of no, them.
2: Phantom Planet.
0: Uh, I think Aaron Judge is really cool. I think he's the coolest, certainly the coolest baseball player. And yeah, but it's a cool baseball, name. It's baseball. Oh, Shire. All right, don't you write the baseball newsletter? Anyway, uh, running backs.
1: <laughs> doesn't mean he likes it.
0: <laughs> all right, no, we got to talk like- about Javante Williams and Cam Akers on the bus list for Dave, and then we'll talk about a trio of round four picks, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and Antonio Gibson on Dan's list. The dead
2: zone, also known as the Azer zone.
0: Yeah, the people who complain about the dead zone must think that you just don't need to start any running backs, and so you could just take wide receiver. You play in one of those leagues where it's just all flexes.
2: Nah, not necessarily. Or well, you just scoop up Cordell Patterson types early, and you're fine. <laughs> early? <laughs> Yeah, early in the phrase, early in the waiver wire process. Oh, early in the season. Okay.
1: Yeah, so you got to draft them before they even hit waivers.
2: Well, yeah, then you're really a step ahead.
1: <laughs> that's what we try to do around yes, here. Yes, true. exactly. But the,
2: those are tougher to do. But I feel like there's a lot more options now at the running back position than there ever were, based on that reception. Uh, you just based on getting that to the reception pre, uh, threshold.
0: All right, Dave, Devontae Williams at 14 overall. Where is yeah. the right spot for him?
1: I think it's got to be closer to the end of round two so maybe 10 spots later than where he's going and look i get it it's almost the same argument for burrow where i love i love the talent i think he's great it's just a not this is where he veers from burrow it's opportunity and i think melvin gordon is still going to get a good opportunity he talked yesterday about how it's it's eventually going to be javante as the lead back there but it could be on a 60-40 basis. Well, running backs that you're taking with a top 13 overall pick shouldn't be in a 60-40 situation. They should be getting a lot more work than that. And it's still going to be an offense that I think is going to lean toward Russell Wilson. And they're going to put the ball in the air more than Russ did in the past. So I'm a little bit worried about just a crunch of opportunity for Javante Williams to take him at this point. But 10 spots later, I can't really fight you on it. I did make a change in my rankings where in full PPR... I put Saquon Barkley ahead of Javante Williams. I went there. I've done it. I'm starting to get a little more comfortable and confident in Saquon being back to his old self this year, and I'm still worried about Javante sharing with Melvin Gordon.
0: You know what bugs me about this Broncos-Backfield split, whether it's 60-40, 70-30, whatever it is? We have no idea who the passing downs guy is going to be, and we have no idea who the goal line
1: guy is going to be,
0: right. and they're probably going to split that. So that's just going to be annoying.
1: They split those roles last year, too. Yeah, right. So it'll take a coaching philosophy change for that to actually be defined this year.
0: All right, Cam Akers going
1: 29th overall. I moved him down even more this morning, just thinking about it and going back and looking at his numbers previously. And I know that we all want to have that lead back in L.A., but he looked terrible in the playoffs. I need to see it. I've said it now like eight times this offseason. Here's the ninth. I need to Mm -hmm. see him look better than he did when he was playing in 2020, because when he played in 2020, he really wasn't that great. He didn't even have that opportunity to be the dominant Rams running back then, only a couple of games north of 15 PPR fantasy points as a rookie. I know that we're excited about the Rams offense. I just think they're going to keep throwing it because they're not going to have a running back that they're comfortable handing off to. And I'd be surprised if Akers was that guy because he's just not as explosive as other running backs that they've had in the past. He's going way too soon. Okay. And, uh, like I've got him end of round five. I'm not getting him. Don't want him. I do really
0: want the lead running back for the Rams. The question is, is he yeah, going? I don't know if that's going to exist. So, so Daryl Henderson last year, uh, before he got hurt, he was great. Let me, let me see. He was great, but I just want to see if I can get his touches because I am looking at the wrong document right now. So that is not going to help me.
1: I'll look for all. it while you keep going.
0: Um, yeah, I think he was he was something like a top fifteen running back, maybe somewhere around thirteen. Uh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So he had.
1: Adam know, brings it. the podcast to a yeah, while he it. looks for some stats that he's gonna first. Change t- okay, here we go. Here we go. It, it first better. ten games. Yeah. Shh,
0: he was the number fourteen running back per game, and he averaged. He was on pace for two hundred and forty-one carries. And 46 catches. So 14.2 carries per game and a little more than two catches per game, uh, like two and a half catches per game. So is that realistic for Akers? Sony Michelle averaged only six carries per game when Henderson was healthy at the beginning for the first 10 games of the season.
1: Have the Rams learned? To use multiple running backs. Just, what do you
0: think? I mean, let's not get philosophical. Do you think fourteen no, think carries two and two and a half catches is realistic?
1: Of Kyron Williams points to that because he is specifically a passing downs Great. running back.
0: So you don't. So you don't think Acres is going to have sixteen to seventeen ca- touches per game?
1: No. Okay. Okay. And even if he did, based on what we saw in the playoffs, that might get you forty yards.
0: Well, yeah, but come on. I mean, let's. Why don't we use the full season of twenty twenty, where he was obviously a lot better. He was than also that.
2: returning from an Achilles right, injury, than and really that exactly.
0: All right, so Dan, how about your the three that you have in round four: Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, all on your bus list.
2: Yeah. So let me start with Etienne because I think, though he's last right now in ADP at forty five point one three, he's a super riser. If you just read any Twitter, read any articles, anything. You see all the hype building ready right around ETN. Yeah, from- yep, yep. It's going to, that ADP is going to skyrocket. But for me with ETN, he was not a player I love coming out of college as a prospect. I want to start by saying that he's a smaller running back prospect. I don't see him ever as a full carry load type of running back, no matter what team he's on. So that already gives me a halt because as that ADP rises, I want somebody who's going to be a workhorse type back. Then you add in the fact of, of Doug Peterson's now coaching with the Jaguars. What do we remember from Doug Peterson's days with the Eagles? A lot of different running backs playing a lot of different roles. We all were like, oh, what would happen here? is Miles Sanders going to take over. No, there was different running backs coming in, different third down type of backs and even in the red zone there were smaller backs that he would use. So now you add back J- uh James Robinson who's already running and already looks like he's recovering way ahead of schedule. I, I read uh from I think it was Jaguars GM who said they think he's going to be ready for training camp. It's not a guarantee, but even yeah. if you're on that kind of timeline, that's a good thing. So you got Robinson in the mix. I actually really like uh who they added as well. Uh, right now am Snoop. uh, Why am I blanking? The kid from Ole Miss Snoop Connor from Ole Miss. I really like him. If it wasn't for some off field stuff, I think he would have been drafted higher. He's a very talented back. So I think he'll even work into the mix and they're going to, and they have Agnew coming back who has a little bit of talent as well. So uh, I just feel like this is a team that is going to use multiple backs. We have a team that has a really bad offensive line that didn't improve their offensive line at all this. Oh no,
0: they got Brandon Scherf.
2: They did get Brandon Sheriff. I'm sorry. They didn't improve at the spots they needed to improve, which were the tackle spots. This, this is what this was my opinion, at least. Okay. I thought they should have drafted Evan Neal or potentially one of the other tackles there early. So they did get Sheriff. You're right. But outside of Sheriff, and that was really a replacement for Norwell, it'll be an upgrade for sure, but I don't know if it's going to revamp that line. And it's also an offense that we know, at least in the Doug Peterson days, was super pass heavy. He, in my mind, he's a pass heavy. They're going to be a pass heavy offense, especially with the weapons they added on the outside at receiver. And I know that you could scoff at them. None of them are big names, but it's a lot of volume there at receiving. There's a lot of different players in the mix there. So I just don't really fully see the upside for him as a non-workhorse offensive line. That's still not quite there. A coach who's used multiple backs a lot in the past and an offense that I think is going to be pass heavy from a volume standpoint.
1: How do you compare ETN's talent to James Cook's talent?
2: That's a great question. I think, I would actually say that I would prefer James Cook to ETN for a lot of reasons. I think he's a better route runner for sure. I think he can line up in multiple ways. And even if you look at how they used him, how Lawrence used him uh, in Clemson as a, as a receiving back, it was more traditional receiving routes. It wasn't really the same dynamic stuff. And as an actual runner, I actually think he's a much better runner, James Cook. I know this is an unpopular take, but if you watch the tape on Cook, he's really, really good at processing. It's, it's Why is Dalvin Cook one of the best pure runners in the NFL? Because he can set up his blocks, and he can read the cutback lanes perfectly, and he gets right into those lanes. I saw a lot of that with James Cook. They didn't use him a lot like that, Georgia. I don't really know why, personally. I guess it's the size issue, which you'll have to bulk up the NFL level. But as far as natural runner, I did not ever feel like ETN was a really good processing running back. I just thought he was a really good speed guy.
1: I, I I wonder if the reason why they didn't use Cook more like that at Georgia's because they had other running backs that they could yes. use like that at Georgia, including Zamir White. Right. Yeah. I who we'll probably talk about when we get to Josh Jacobs. I love the potential of Etn in a pass catching role, and I think that's a team that's going to end up throwing a lot. And Trevor Lawrence knows this guy, trusts this guy, worked with this guy right. for a long time. Eighty-five catches in two seasons together at Clemson. I, I'm expecting ETN to have a massive role in the passing game. And I'm hoping that that's what carries him to a good fantasy total, especially in PPR leagues. I'm okay with taking him a little bit later, like right around right. 50th overall. In that's full basically PPR. where I'm at as well. I
2: am okay in full PPR and half PPR taking him. It's not like he's on, it's not, I don't feel as strong as I do maybe about somebody like Devin Singletary, but I just think this skyro this ADP is going to only skyrocket. So by the time this ends, he's going to be end up being in the 30s.
0: All right, so and well, especially if James Robinson's going to start the year on the pup list, then right. then it's going to skyrocket. Uh, the only the only that you gave a very good explanation of, I would just push back a little bit on the Doug Peterson thing because okay. you know, we did see when Jordan Howard, I believe it was, got hurt in Miles Sanders rookie year, Miles Sanders averaged almost 20 touches per game in the last 6 games of the year. Um it took an injury. Uh, when they had traded for Jay Ajayi, he started out a little bit slow, and then he was getting, you know, he had some 15 yeah. carry games. So but- I, I think it's like, if he, had, if he had a good running back, he showed that he would use him that way, but he just didn't really have that guy. Um, Nothing
2: really about ETN's profile to me projects right. as one of those kind of guys, though. Yeah, that's the problem. I right, so, so agree. With so let that me
0: now. let me go to the other guys then. Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs both going in round four. Uh, Gibson is running back nineteen since May first. Josh Jacobs is running back twenty two. And what do you? Is it just role? Like they're kind of similar, I think. Um,
2: yeah, they're they're very similar yeah. though. I do. So for we'll start with Gibson, who really it's tough to know how much of last year was an issue, was the injury, and how was him playing through an injury? Was it not fully healthy? And how much of it is who he is. Because really, if you look back to his breakout quote unquote rookie rookie season, it was a lot of uh touchdown, it was a touchdown heavy dependent score at the end. Like his fantasy score was very touchdown heavy. And now you look at him last year, he was what? 15th in yards after contact per attempt. That's supposed to be his calling card from a talent standpoint, yards after contact per attempt. He's not really much of a breakaway runner. It hasn't been in the last season. And so I don't love the talent there. Then you look at the role there. They drafted Brian Robinson. I think that says something. They made a huge effort to re-sign J.D. McKissick. So I think that really cuts into his upside there from receiving volume standpoint. And so I just don't really see where where is he, where is he breaking out or not even breaking out? Where is he returning value on this ADP? Is it going to have to be, he scores a ton of touchdowns and he's used a lot in the red zone. Then Washington's going to have to get to the red zone a lot with Carson Wentz. And we mentioned Brandon Sheriff just now, because we talked about him going over to Jacksonville. And that was a great point, Adam, but the team that lost him was the Washington commanders. And the two guys that they've tried to replace this off season from a offensive line standpoint, Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. These are guys that have been cut. These are guys that are, could be potentially washed and they're two of the starting guys on that offensive line last year sam cosme was not very good as a rookie at right tackle charles leno's their left tackle that's really bad i like chase really a lot they have one of the best centers probably a top 10 center but that's not enough for me to get behind a a case where a guy's going to have to be a really a red zone scorer for you and a heavy volume guy if you want him to return on this adp
0: and you just basically feel the same way about Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has had a terrible offensive line two straight years. Yes. He's got more yep. competition. I don't know who they're going to use in the passing game. You know, it was it was really weird. But before Kenyon Drake got hurt, he was splitting with Kenyon Drake in the passing game. And you look at Josh Jacobs' production last year and his he finished really strong and it was after Kenyon Drake's injury. Right. And now you've got a new head coach. You've got more running backs in the mix. You've got a head coach who's always had a designated third down back, basically. So am I making the case that you were going to make
2: <laughs> Most, Mostly, but it's even worse for me with Josh Jacobs because you have a coach who they're for, we know for sure that they're going to use a lot of different running backs. We also know for sure that they're not like leaning on one in the red zone. The Patriots were really finicky when it came to who was getting those red zone touches. And it's really not. I mean, Kenyon Drake will be wrecked. They added Samir White, who I love. It wasn't for the ACL tears. He would have been a, a second round, third round draft pick from a talent standpoint. They also added Brandon Bolden who we know will somehow factor in and steal stuff. And Amir Abdullah, who actually looked really good in a receiving role for the Panthers last year. Small volume, small sample size, I get it. But as far as what Josh McDaniels probably saw from Abdullah there, as far as route running goes, I feel like he's going to find a role for him too. So to me, you're, like you said, bad offensive line, potential potential not be used on passing downs, potential not even be used always in the red zone. Also, a guy in Josh Jacobs, who I know was a first-round NFL draft pick, but really hasn't looked up to that level at all at any point in his career. I know he's talked about the the strong stretch, but as far as just a pure talent standpoint, I haven't seen it.
1: So I, I think he I, did he, his rookie year. He's never been a top twelve running back on PPR points per game,
0: right? Okay, but where he has been fifteenth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. So yeah, he's been very a lot close. Of it. And that's the thing. It's like you were it's you compile stats. You call him a bust last year, and you made a good case. And you also pointed out that he's usually better in wins than losses, and that was a concern for you last year. Well, they're going to be better this year, I think. I mean, they're sure. in a tough division, but they they look good. Um, he he's he reminds me a little bit of Jarvis Landry. Is that Landry every year people didn't want to draft him, and every year he would outperform his ADP and i just wonder if you haven't named anyone that for sure is a serious threat to jacobs you could make the case for amir abdullah you could you could make the case brandon bolden zamir white can No, no not to, not to be
2: like the featured back no, just but, to take annoying amount of snaps at i know spots. but
0: but at the same time it's like it's amir abdullah <laughs> it's, right like, he is still josh jacobs He's still it's going to have opportunity. Were we the saying that about Brandon
2: Bolden and all these backs that were stealing touches from all the Patriots? Brandon Bolden was we
0: not stealing touches until guys not were often. Hurt. Yeah, right. Like guys would get hurt and he would have a game. You know, he would. Yeah, come he's in more of a special teams ad for sure. And
1: without. I wonder if Abdul is going to be the same thing. Like I, I'd be a little yeah. worried to overrate what those two can do. Can do. Can yeah. they contribute to the run game? Yes, but I think they also might be there to help on special teams.
0: There's a lot to dislike about Josh Jacobs, but I do feel like he's he got counted out last year and he
1: was a solid
0: number two running back.
2: Um, but what did it, what is also, what is the team telling us? Right. Cause they didn't pick yeah. up his rookie rookie option. That's not a great sign either. Yeah. So, so, I but if he's, that. he's
0: like, the 20, the I say that
2: would take one
0: 20 second running back off the board. Had a lot of injuries. Is that really a problem though? He's the 22nd running back off the board.
2: Yeah. I mean, but no. you're in a, but again, you're in a range. No. It's, it, look, we're talking about what it's not in my mind, at least it's not about comparing him to the running backs going uh, going against him in this range Though I would take a lot of those guys. You're taking him over Terry McLaurin. You're taking him over Darren Waller. You're taking him over DJ Moore, taking him over Marquise Brown, Mike Williams. I just feel like there's no way I can make a case to take somebody like this who I don't see the path for them outscoring any of those guys really for him outscoring Except any of those. For guys. The
1: fact that he's a running back. And there is, and you need running backs. I get and it. You, you need, need, a need a to start back. them. It's a lot different if it's you're starting two running back, two wide receivers, one running back, and two or three flexes. Man, he, his value gets pushed down in something like that. But that's not the case here. And pretty much every league, everybody starts two running backs. No, people might turn their nose up at Josh Jacobs as a guy who's got potential to be a top 10 running back. But no one would say that he's a bad number two fantasy running back. I actually like him and Antonio Gibson ahead of the ADPs on okay. NFC.
0: But he does have the potential to be a bad number two running back if he does, if he catches twenty passes and oh, splits he's carries. He's going he to have he
2: has to be their red zone back
1: to return and value. I don't know who else could right. be that guy.
0: He'll start at at least. All right, let's talk about wide receivers here. Um we're 50 minutes, so here we go. Um, we talked about. Oh, you don't have are any sure? wide. Well, oh, you you kind of have wide receivers, Dan. You have uh, like Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf. There's
2: uh, these are my secondary bust lists. That's why they're they're followed by a question mark because I can make
1: a case for or against them.
0: All right, Dave. I know you wanted to talk about uh, Brandon Ayuk. He's going 97th.
1: What do you have yeah. against Ayuk? I don't know how effective he'll be in an offense with a rushing quarterback when. He's not even. He's not the best receiver, and he might not even be the third best pass catcher. He's not the third best. He is the third best pass catcher. I've, I'll settle on it sometime. But we know that Debo's better. We know that Kittle's better. Ayuk is going to be the type of receiver who will have five good weeks in fantasy. You're not going to know when they're coming. Um, I think he's like closer to round ten.
0: Okay, and then for that's Brandon Ayuk, and he's going in round eight ish, eight to nine. Uh, Michael Thomas. So the the draft range is just so wide with him. You could see right. him in the fourth round. You could see him in the tenth round, but he's going seventy third overall. Really? Maybe he's a bust there.
2: I just think a player has missed this much time with injury. There's way too much risk in his profile, in my opinion, to be going in the in the in that range. I feel like that should be a, more of a tenth round range. Personally, I know he has the name. I know he has the past production with Drew Brees, who's no longer there. But I just think there's a lot of risk baked into his profile for that 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 area of the draft
1: is a tough isn't the reward baked in though too
2: of course yeah that's no. why he's being drafted that high there it's a it's a boom bust type pick i just think that it might be more likely to bust it's a question mark. i took him on monday
0: and tuesday in the drafts that we. Did.
2: i know you keep taking i keep seeing you taking him
1: where are you taking him
0: in the spot i think i took him 60th Oof. It, well i don't think he was gonna first of all it's they're both three receiver leagues you have to start three receivers yeah. and a flex.
2: And PPR. One of them was full The second
0: PPR. one was PPR. So taking him yeah. 60th overall in, in that format I don't think was uh, too bad. Michael Thomas I took – oh, no, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. I took him 58th in the half PPR three receiver league. And I don't remember where I took him in the other one. I want to say I took him at the end of round six. So that would be 72nd? but I may have taken him at the end of round four. (laughs) I think it was the end of round six. So I had the first pick, but I guess it doesn't really matter.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you took him with the first pick in round five in our, in one of our magazine drafts,
0: the one that we did on Tuesday.
1: Yes. Okay. Which is full PPR. So I took him 49th. Mm -hmm. Can I make my
2: case against the name on my list that we didn't talk about? That's a hot name and is even on Dave's breakout list. Yeah. Okay, that's Pat Friermuth. So let me start by saying absolutely love Pat Friermuth from a talent standpoint. I think he's the best of that tight end group that's come out of Penn State. Loved him at Penn State. Love him now. My case against Friermuth right now, who's going 60 picks ahead of Gerald Everett, who I would take right now over Pat Friermuth. If I had to take, they were both on the board, I would take Everett over Friermuth. Is entirely situation-based. My favorite bet of the year is Steelers under seven and a half games. I think you all should get join me on that. I think this offense is going to be an absolute disaster. It doesn't matter who's starting Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is not ready to play at the NFL level. They have not done nearly enough to upgrade that offensive line for starters. So you could be looking at an offense that is just completely dysfunctional from a passing game standpoint going up against Baltimore Ravens defense twice a year, going up against the Bengals improved defense twice a year, going against that really improved Browns defense. They actually have, according to Sharp Football Analysis, which I think does a really good schedule analysis because they base it on Vegas win projected totals instead of last year's win losses, which to me is a much better indicator. The Steelers have the, the sixth hardest schedule, Uh, going into this season. So you factor all that in. And then even through all of that, it's not like there's some easy path to volume like we have with Cole Komet, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I like more because of the volume upside. We have, Chase Claypool in that offense. We have Deontay Johnson. We have George Pickens, who Dave talked about earlier, who I love. I thought it was maybe the best receiver coming out of this draft. I think there's a case to be made that he has a non-zero chance to be the best receiver in that draft class overall. Sounds a bit crazy, but when you watch him, you see it. So there's a ton of options, and even Najee Harris, who factors into the passing game. So I don't see the volume there, and I don't see the – and and, I, and and you also had Ben Roethlisberger leaving that offense, who loved his tight end. So to me, I just can't – I can't see the case for him.
1: Oh, I look at him as a touchdowner. Mm-hmm. Touchdown heavy tight end, and I think that's what he was last year. He was big time in the red zone, and that's what helped carry him to double-digit PPR points per game from Week 8 on. And I think he can be a little more explosive than what he showed last year. I think Roethlisberger held him back a little bit. Okay, I especially am looking forward to Firemouth when Pickett starts because I think Pickett will take some more chances that Drabisky won't. Right, But I think both of those guys will lean on the tight end as an easier target for them to hit over the middle um than – than not, so I'm I'm okay with him going right around tenth tight end off the board. It's not somebody that I'm super excited about, but I think he knew better than what he did last year.
2: Is that also not though? Histor- historically speaking, a range of the draft where you really don't find too many tight end breakouts, and and it's almost like you kind of are no. better, better off just. Re- is well, it what not, range, is What
0: range of the draft?
2: Really in that tenth tight end off the board range, that tenth through fourteenth tight end off the board range. How many breakouts uh, do we ever find there?
0: I don't have it. I don't have it by ADP and where they I don't have it by where they rank among tight ends. But mm-hmm. in the last five years, 50 percent. OK, here you go. Of the In the last four seasons, 50 uh, percent of them were round 12 or later. So, no, you- actually not round 10. None of them have been in round 10. Oh, yeah, it's, it's usually it's, it's,
2: it's, it's usually the later guys. Right. It's the guys yeah. that you, in many cases in some shower leagues or even on your waiver wire. And then you scoop them up when you see the volume start to increase or mm-hmm. you see them break out with some. So it's just not a range. I look for my tight end and I just I just don't see the path for him being one of these breakouts.
0: All right, guys, let's finish with a a turbo round of emails. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. That's the letter I. This email is from Bradley. Adam, you are 100% correct about the next Monday controversy. If next Monday meant the upcoming Monday, then what is the point of including the next? All it does is convolute the request. That being said, yeah, the three of us actually were the three who interpreted it as the following Monday. Uh, that being said, I'm having a hard time understanding why Javante Williams has been exalted as a top 10 dynasty pick. Meanwhile, ETN is a fifth rounder. I would love some discussion on what Williams has done to deserve to be elevated so highly while averaging uh, about 12 points per game last year and when not even a year ago, ETN was squarely ahead. Well, I don't know that ETN was squarely ahead, but, um, and I also don't know the reference of ETN being a fifth rounder in dynasty, but. Yeah. But. Should they be that far apart? ETN was drafted ahead of him in the NFL draft. So is, Bradley's oh, yeah, got a point. And, and he's also right about the Monday thing. But yeah, anyway, go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, Dave, Dave really broke it down, I thought, earlier with Javante. You know where I stand on ETN as a prospect. So I can see the for me, I can see the gap because I think there's workhorse upside with Javante. And I just don't see that upside with ETN.
0: Okay, I
1: agree. And I probably had it the other way last year. Probably had ETN coming into the season or training camp anyway, before ETN got hurt, but probably fi- ETN a- ahead of, uh, Javante
2: to be fair though, Dave, your, your, your scouting report on Javante was one of the more glowing ones. I've read about any of the backs you've done any, any of the players. It was my favorite one you've done. And I felt like that was the one that turned me on to him. Then I started watching him a lot more. So you were pretty high on Javante as well from a talent standpoint.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to see more. Dave. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, but this it's is dynasty f- next one from Trevor. Dear Omar, Ben, Marty, and Jacob.
2: I'm terrible at these. Always come on. Omar, Omar Navarro. Oh no! Yeah, wait. Omar. Go ahead. Oh, Omar, no. Ben, Marty, and Jacob. No, no, there's no Marty. This is this is uh, this is the stupid was uh, Oz- Ozark. Omar stupid. Navarro. Yeah, I thought the ending was unbelievably dumb.
0: You're you're the worst.
2: Really? I with just that car crash that ended up meaning nothing. No, I, no, I, no, seriously might, I seriously might. I seriously might as well. Mute your I might mic watch right that now. show someday. OK, I shouldn't. Do you're right. I'm that not was cool. a, that, that
0: was really poor form. What you just did. It wasn't I don't really want to be a spoiler. a spoiler guy.
2: I just feel like that. at what point do you stop? This has been a long discussion with me and my group of friends. When is a spoiler? Not a spoiler. Like, can I talk about Star Wars ending? You like have to 70s? give you have to give is a, there a year. Is Is there a range? Is there
0: a cutoff? Yeah, like two no. like a like a year or two. But you uh you, you, um, oh, there is you gotta give a uh you gotta give a heads up. You gotta give a I'm about to spoil this. So like guy.
2: Sopranos, you can okay, okay, that's fair. You know? Always give a warning. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right, this email's from Trevor. Trevor just finished listening to the sleepers episode. He heard we mentioned we mentioned Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson. What about Jalen Tolbert? Why is he not getting mm-hmm. any sleeper love?
1: He warrants it. He he should get some sleeper love particularly as a wide out who you might be able to draft way late, around 11 plus, and be helpful for your fantasy team until Gallup comes back. And maybe there's a a crack of a chance for him to be helpful even after Gallup comes back. Maybe Gallup doesn't ever return to form, something like that. I I would consider him a disposable fantasy pick, someone that you're going to take, and probably put on your bench week one, and if he blows up in week one, then you'll start him week two, week three, until you realize that he can't do it again. He's a, he's a good talent, but man, is he blocked for a long time of eventually breaking out and being like the number one or number two receiver in Dallas. It's, 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 it's a crowded path to get there.
0: AJ in the chat says, "From a person who has three episodes left in Ozark, y'all are dirty, just dirty." Spoiler uh, alert, you no. guys. Now listen, hold on, uh, no. hold on. Before it's, we get, I, I, it really, blame. no,
2: no one's dirty but me. It
0: here. really was not a spoiler. Uh, what he said, yeah, that changes wasn't a nothing. Changes not nothing.
2: Gonna, I agree, that changes nothing. Yeah.
0: So he's he's dumb for saying it, but it, it was wasn't still that bad. bad. Yeah. Dumb
2: is not the word I would use. But go on.
1: <laughs> Alex from Chicago, dear Brian, Mike, Dick, and Lance. Those are Bears linebackers. Bang. Keeper question. You
2: can't get a Bears one by Dave. What are you crazy? Go
1: Uh, ahead. Travis Etienne in
0: the sixth or Jalen Waddle in the seventh? PPR league. Waddle. Okay, from Gabe in the state named for the Great River. Yeah. Oh, the Rio Grande. Sleepy Hollow, New York. (laughs) Is that going to (laughs) be New Mexico or Texas? Should probably, Texas, probably know where no. the Rio Grande is, the right? State is
1: named for the Great River.
0: Oh, that's true. So, what state is named for the Great River? I'm googling right now.
1: While he's googling, Great Grand sad? doesn't I mean, even mean bad.
0: great; it means big. So, <laughs> this is what happens when I try to think on the air. You know, while he's googling, this, a, let me let just say this. Let me say this. The okay. State's name for what? S's Mississippi. No, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's named for a Great.
1: Oh, Mississippi yeah, that's what River. Google says.
0: Yeah, Mississippi River would be the. Great river, right? Let me Uh, say one thing,
2: Adam, real quick. I've made back-to-back road trips up north these past two weekends, and as I came back, I saw signs for Sleepy Hollow. I debated driving through and adding to my trip just to see if there were actual farms next to your house. I've still remained skeptical. There are not farms
0: next to my house. There is a very famous farm called Stone Barn. We keep hearing about. It is a place where you can eat dinner. It is one of those places where it's something like two hundred and fifty to three hundred bucks per person before drinks and you get, you know, all your courses or whatever, but you don't, I will, I will never go there. Yeah, I'm mean uh, skeptical. <laughs> okay, from uh, Gabe. Boy, oh, oh Gabe's question fire. is, written in haiku form. Ooh. He wrote, Mixon, Echler. That's borderline there. Catch <laughs> balls, but should rank lower. Cause fewer TDs? <laughs>
1: Such a convoluted
0: <laughs> haiku. I love it, though. Mixon-Eckler. He thinks Eckler should rank lower than Mixon because he's going to score fewer touchdowns. Is he?
2: Eckler should... Re- what? What is that based on?
0: Yeah, I, I mean...
2: All, the difference in the offenses. I think that they, they're comparable.
0: That he would lose his goal line role or something? but No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Can't get behind this one in PPR. This is from Jimmy Pribble. Dear Earl, Ricky, Cedric, and Priest.
2: Priest, Holmes, Ricky, Williams, Cedric, Benson. Earl
1: Campbell. Earl Campbell.
2: Yeah,
0: and they
1: are?
2: Longhorns. There it is.
0: 12-team money league where we keep two players each year. They move up one round and can be kept at a maximum of three years. Hmm. Uh, It is half PPR. Okay. Jonathan Taylor in round one. He's the 12th pick, by the way. Okay. Okay. So he's keeping two. Jonathan Taylor in round one, Mark Andrews in round three, Justin Herbert in round nine, Cam Akers in round ten, Trey Lance in round fourteen.
2: I'm on Akers and Jonathan Taylor. Then I'm not worrying about running back for the rest of my draft.
1: I think I'm probably. I agree on Taylor, Herbert in round nine is pretty sweet. And a one QB. Uh, wait a minute. If if you're picking twelfth in round one, that's what he said. Yep. Yeah, it's. That so, means he's picking last in round three with Andrews. I'm ooh. changing my mind. Take Andrews and Taylor. I like if not yeah if it's not
2: acres, it's Andrews for me. I do really like Akers round 10, though that's pretty nice. Yeah. I like Herburn in nine.
0: But One you
1: draft him a few rounds earlier. Yeah.
0: where so I'm trying to see like where does the Rio Grande go through? It's south Central Colorado.
2: Mm. New where? Mexico?
0: Yeah, I would think it it would... Go, yeah, I probably. I don't know. Have you been out west, Dan? You're always doing things, by I'm the way. I'm a huge west guy, yeah. I love it out west. <laughs> huge west guy. I am a huge fan of that west.
2: <laughs> I am. I wish I lived there.
0: Yeah, it goes through New Mexico, and I, I think it does go through Texas as well. So, But, of course, it's not the Great River. Um,
1: It's just a really good river. Yeah, it's, <laughs> big, it's a big river. It's the big river. <sighs>
0: All right, good show, guys. Um... That's it. That's it. That's all I got. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Actually, we do have a bonus episode tomorrow. We do not have an episode on Monday. Instead, we're doing a show on Friday. Uh, We're going to talk about players 13 through 24 in our
1: consensus rankings. We'll talk to you then. See you later.